episode two from the eight lessons, eight marathons on eight continents training this portion of my podcast. Now, my second marathon was in Rome, Italy. I mean, talk about an amazing place, an amazing experience. So what happened was, I think I shared in my last podcast about the quote from Charlie Tremendous Jones. You'll be the same person you are today, five years from now, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. Because at first, my only intention was just to do one marathon. And after finishing up San Diego Rock and Roll, I was like, that's it, never again. I mean, as I shared, only one-tenth of one percent of the world's population has ever completed a marathon. And there's a reason why. <laughs> I mean, it it took everything I had. And then I shared last podcast, I met this couple. And they were getting ready to do their seventh marathon on their seventh continent. And so I started thinking. And I said, wow, and inspired me. And also a little behind the scenes here, another reason why, and actually one of the main reasons why I decided to do a marathon on every continent. My absolute passion and my dream was to become a professional speaker. You know, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, as I laid in my hospital bed, I, I visioned this victory of someday, somehow, somewhere, for someone, somehow, to make a difference. And this dream came from a book I read, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins, and who's icon in the industry. But that was the first time I realized there was this whole profession of motivational speaking. I listened to Zig Ziglar and Les Brown. And, and so that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be out there to go out there and just motivate people. And the reality is, you know, the selection to be a keynote speaker, it's very competitive. And so I was looking for this edge, looking for some way to brand myself, to market myself, to set me apart from the other people who have just as amazing stories and amazing abilities and amazing lessons. And so this idea, I thought, wow, you know, how cool would that be? Going from a three-time cancer conqueror, relearning how to walk, a bone marrow transplant, and complete a marathon on every continent. So that was my thinking. And also, how cool is that? What a cool goal to have. Marathon every continent. And so after the San Diego rock and roll, I started thinking, what next? Now, as I shared with you, I ended up on Rome. And what I'm going to talk about this. Wow, what an amazing experience. What an amazing city. Amazing people. You know, you think about so much of civilization, as far as Western civilization, was shaped by Rome. And such an ancient city. And, of course, the Colosseum. You know, I mean, I grew up watching like the Gladiator, right? And these movies and Ben-Hur and, you know, the Pantheon and, and the Circus Maximum. And man, I mean, the Gladiator. Wow. And so Rome, amazing. I'll talk about that. But my first thought was actually I was thinking about doing Greece. And because actually Greece is the birthplace of the marathon. Birthplace of the marathon. And actually the story goes that there was a battle. Of the Greek, ancient Greeks, there was a battle, and a gentleman ran from, where did he run from? He ran from some city-state to Marathon, and it was like 26 miles, and to deliver the news, Nike, 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 victory, victory, that they'd won. Ran 26 miles in full armor, and here's the thing, 
the story goes, he got 26 miles <clears throat> and he delivered the message, Nike, 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 which is where, of course, Nike gets their name from. And after delivering the message, he collapsed and died. <laughs> so the inventor of the marathon died after the first marathon. And that's how I felt, endurance event. Now, you might be wondering, well, wait a second, Matt, 26 miles. I thought you said it was 26.2 miles. And what I've heard is the reason why it's 26.2 miles is because in modern times, there was a marathon and there was a king putting it on, sponsoring some country, and he wanted the race to end in front of his procession, wherever his, uh, what do they call it? I'm not a bench, but his his box seats. I don't know what they call it then, but where he was sitting. And so they added the 0.2 miles. <laughs> That's how we got the modern 26.2 miles. Now, interesting note, the only marathon that I ran that was miles was in the United States. Because, of course, everywhere else is kilometers. And so the kilometer equivalent of 26.2 miles is 42.165 kilometers. And so... I'm trying, you know, I'm thinking, does it make it harder or easier? See, the thing with 26.2 miles, you know, it's, you, have to you have to go a lot longer be before you see that mile marker. You know, the nice thing about kilometers is you see that more frequently. So it kind of, you know, in a sense, you're like, gives you in a sense of an accomplishment that you're getting closer. But then again, the fact when you get to 26 and realize that you have a long ways to go. So I don't know. I guess there's a trade-off there. I guess there's a trade-off. And then one time, I had this is a funny story. Later on in a marathon, I had this training watch. And I was like, man, man, you're doing really good on your training times. I'm like, man, I must have got a lot faster. Well, I had forgot to change it back from kilometers to miles. Well, I thought I was going miles. But the reality is I was going kilometers. <laughs> so I thought about going to Greece because actually when I was looking at going to Greece, I think it was like the one year, 100 year anniversary or like the modern marathon. But I just didn't work out and I picked Rome. And I'm so glad I did Rome because one of the coolest things, and there was so many cool, I mean, think about this, to do a marathon in Rome. I mean, this is just mind blowing. And I, I always remember one of the things I laid in my hospital bed. I'm going through my all my chemo treatments, my full body radiation. The longest I'd ever had to be in the hospital was six weeks. And then another time from a bone marrow transplant was four weeks. And I just, it, it was tough. And that in itself was a marathon. But I remember telling myself, you know, when I get out of here, when I can, I'm going to travel. I'm going to travel. I've been so blessed to go to every continent there is so far. <laughs> I think they just discovered a new continent. I don't know. Like actually one after Zealandia. Crazy. But man, Rome. Amazing. Because here's the thing. The start of the marathon, you start at the Colosseum. The Colosseum. How amazing. How cool is that? And not only do you start at the Colosseum, you finish at the Colosseum amazing. Now, I want to share with you the lesson for the Rome Marathon. And I think it's so fitting. The lesson I learned was grit. Grit. G-R-I-T. When I think of grit, I think of tenacity, perseverance, stick to -iveness. 
And actually, according to positive psychology, and positive psychology is the science, the study of the good life. And it was a term coined by Dr. Martin Siegelman at the University of Pennsylvania. He was the president of the American Psychological Association in 1998, and he introduced that term, and he's considered the kind of pioneer of it, and it's exploded. You see, up until that time, psychology asked the question, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with people? But positive psychology asked a different question, what's right with people? And there's a great researcher and has a great book called Grit, uh, Angela Duckworth. And what she discovered in other researchers is the number one, once again, the number one predictor of success is grit, which makes sense. You see, in life, when you're going after a goal, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down as much as it matters how many times you get back up. Having that tenacity. And that's why I share my talks. One of my favorite, if not favorite, yeah, my favorite, my favorite movie character. I ask him sometimes, who do you think my favorite movie character is? And sometimes, I don't know why, I don't know if I remind him of people or what, but a lot of times people say Forrest Gump. <laughs> and I'm like, Jenny. <laughs> but I don't know, I guess Forrest Gump is a pretty, you know, you got to admire Forrest Gump, right? He, he actually, he really, I mean, he achieved a lot. He achieved a lot. Uh, so I do love that movie. I do admire Forrest Gump and what a great job Tom Hanks did. Classic movie. But my all-time favorite character is Rocky. Rocky Balboa. You know, to me, that is just the essence of character. And no matter how many times and no matter how much the odds were stacked against Rocky, he persevered. He kept going. He was the ultimate underdog that was successful. And so one of my favorite songs, of course, is I, the Tiger. And that pumps me up. And, and of course, during the Rome Marathon, I played that. Now, here's an interesting note and something I didn't realize until I got to Rome. I never, I just didn't think about this. And it's really cool, though. But here, you know, especially being from the United States of America, where we're so relatively new compared to these other civilizations, these other countries, you know, you think about it. The United States is a little over 200 years old. Rome, it's over 2,000 years old, the city. And what I didn't even realize is almost, I would say probably two-thirds, if not more, of the course was cobblestone. Now, I never really experienced cobblestone until Rome. And basically, this cobblestone, like these little, like, I guess, square rocks... And the thing was that you constantly had to balance your feet on them. And that gave a whole new dynamic, a whole new challenge in running this marathon. Trying to keep balance and trying to and talk about soreness. But then again to think, and this was I mean, running through the ancient city of Rome and thinking about all the people that lived here, all the history that took place here. I mean, mind-blowing. You know, one of the greatest experiences, one thing, my favorite experience was going to the path, uh, Pantheon, Pantheon. And what's crazy and awesome about this place is the Pantheon is one of the oldest, it's probably it's considered the oldest archaeological site that's so well-preserved. Now, the crazy thing is you go, and it's like, I don't can't remember how old it is. It's like, I think it's older than the city of Rome. I don't know. One of the first things that was built and um, what's so amazing, 
what blew my mind away, I don't know if amazing is the word, but right across from this ancient archaeological site is a McDonald's. How crazy is that? Now, one thing that was going on in Rome and their culture is, if you probably know this about you know, the Italians, they'd love to eat. Love, food's a big part of their culture, and it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a slow, it's a slow, and they actually, so they call it the slow movement, slow food movement, because what was going on when I went there, and I did the marathon 2000 and, it was 2008, I think it was 2008, everything runs together, uh, 2008, but McDonald's and these fast food restaurants were taking over, and it was actually, it's pretty sad to see, and I actually remember going to a McDonald's, it was very interesting, because the manager there was trying to change this culture of just taking your time to get people to be really quick, and very interesting, but how that newer culture, oh, another thing, too, a great time, went and saw the Vatican, but I'll tell you what was really cool seeing the Sistine Chapel. And, and for me, I think one of the biggest things was the Sistine Chapel is a lot smaller than I pictured. It's actually pretty small. And I remember going in there to the Sistine Chapel. And it's just crazy how some people are just really just, I don't know, people are funny. But of course, they had signs that said, no cameras, no phones, please be silent. Respect this because it's a very sacred place and it's, and it's and how cool is it i mean i tell you this was just for me to see the sistine chapel live in person wow it, amazing and i just and they have this sign that said please respect other people respect the how sacred this is and people were on their phones talking crazy 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 so the great awesome thing about the Rome Marathon, of course, we're talking about grit. We started the Colosseum. Now, this is kind of an interesting thing. And of course, these webinars, not webinars, podcasts, I just got done. I did three webinars today. I'm so excited. Now I'm doing a podcast. I'm just, but I think more than ever, people just need positivity. And now I was on a roll. So I had it on my mind webinars. But on this podcast, is it kind of want to go, you know, off the cuff, kind of behind the scenes, get a little more informal. And so this is a crazy thing. So I'm warming up and I'm getting ready for the start of the marathon right there by the Coliseum, the Coliseum. Oh man. I'm just as like, wow. I'm like, I'm like pinching myself. Like it's so surreal. Now, two things I want to share. The first one, I noticed this guy is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I thought this was the weirdest thing. You're smoking a cigarette before the marathon. And actually what I discovered in a lot of Asian cultures, they actually smoke a cigarette before the marathon. I also saw this in Tokyo because supposedly what it does is just a couple puffs opens up your lungs. I, I don't know, maybe it's just a tradition or, or a, you know, what's that word they say, urban legend or culture. But anyways, I thought that was really interesting because you think someone who is a runner doesn't necessarily smoke. I thought that was interesting. But here's an even more interesting thing. So you picture this, the Colosseum, and there's this wall. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, everything in Rome is just so ancient. It's like so overwhelming. And I noticed they have these signs that said, please use the urinal. 
And of course, it was like in Italian, also English, and they had pictures of the urinals. And I was like, that's so weird. Why do they have all these signs that says the urinals? And I kid you not, right before the beginning of the marathon, right before the starting gun, there's this long wall. I don't know, probably like 100, 200 feet. I mean, or maybe longer. I mean, it's a huge long wall, ancient. So it's probably like 2,000 years old. And it's lined up with all these runners, and they are urinating against this wall. <laughs> I said, oh, I guess that's why they had that sign, use the urinals. You know, it's a different culture, different culture. And it was also interesting, on the way back to the United States, there was a, a lady there also from America who ran the marathon. So we both were wearing our medals, right? Because once you do a marathon, you got to, it's a requirement to wear the medal for like at least a month afterwards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. But it, it's a, you know, it's a big thing, wear that medal. And uh, she remembers she was like, she said, did you see all those runners at the beginning? Like, that was disgusting. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. It's Europe. You know, they have a different way of doing things. And, oh, man, that starting gun fired. And I, I felt like I was an ancient gladiator and taking off all those runners. I think there's probably about, I think, 15,000. And, you know, the cool thing about the Rome Marathon, I mean, you're running by the Trevi Spa. You're running by this, you know, these ancient, just all these ancient streets and some new ones. We ran by the Olympic site. They had Olympics there. I think it was the 80s or somewhere. And I'm just like, I'm just like, wow, this is so amazing. But I'll tell you something. In every marathon is in life, you need grit. And so how do you build grit when you're faced with adversity, because I'll tell you, that cobblestone, and I remember it was probably, you know, in every marathon you hit the wall, except for my last one, which I'll, I'll share and tell you about that. And you hit the wall, what happens when you hit the wall, it's just like the life is sucked out of you. Uh, physically, you're exhausted. You, you just go from like feeling good to empty. And you hit that wall, and at least for me, I begin to question myself. Matt, why did you ever do this? You begin to question, can I even finish this? And for me in Rome, I think it was about mile 16 or so, I hit that wall, which is kilometers. So I'm trying to do the calculations, what kilometer versus what mile. And I was just like, oh man, I just, I just, I didn't know if I could go another step. Have you ever felt like that in life? Maybe right now with everything that's happening in the world. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the fear. It's easy to get caught up in frustration. It's easy when you get knocked down. You don't know if you can get back up. Then you get back up. You get knocked down. You know, that was that was me and my cancer adventure. You know, I went in remission in three months after first being diagnosed. And my doctor said, Matt, 80% chance I'll never come back. I was like, yes. I mean, I felt like Rocky Balboa. Used to drive around my hometown in Emporia, Kansas, and the windows rolled down, and I'm blasting over the stereo eye of the tiger, right? I'm like, Rocky, you know, I knocked out cancer. I can do anything. The doctor said 80% chance the cancer will never come back. Then, seven months later, the cancer came back. He said, Matt, you need a bone marrow transplant. They took the wind out of me, just like hitting the wall in the marathon. Sometimes we hit the wall in life. And when you hit that wall in life, when everything seems to be going wrong, when you seem to not have any energy left, you seem like you've given everything you have, you've got to dig a little deeper. And how do you build grit? You build grit by taking one step at a time. That's how you complete a marathon. You know, if I would have thought about it, mile 16, all those miles I'd left, I would have quit. 
But I said, Matt, just make it one more step, one more mile, or more, you know, accurately, one more uh, kilometer. What is it? Kilometer. (laughs) Kilometer. (laughs) One more kilometer. Make it to the next aid station. Just keep going and keep going. And they tell you eventually you'll get your second wind. I don't know if that's necessarily true in some of my marathons. But just keep going. And that's life. And life you're going to get knocked down. But you got to get back up. And sometimes you got to rest a little bit. But no, the key is to keep going one step at a time. And so here I was needing a bone marrow transplant. And, and so I got back on chemotherapy, got back in remission. And then I was in remission waiting for a donor. And then it came back, spread the fluid in my brain. It was like one thing after another. And that's how life is sometimes. Now, I want to share a strategy with you. This will be very powerful. We're talking about building grit. But one of the things we learned from, and actually in my book, Happiness of Marathon, I talk about grit. But I want to share something I learned from the book, Grit, Angela Duckworth. And if you want to achieve anything in life, you need two things. Skill and effort. Skill and effort. You see, I'm so grateful for the team and training because team and training, they taught me the skill set to run a marathon, the type of training you need to do, the type of nutrition you need to do, the type of shoes to have, all these different things. So I have the skill set. But in order to achieve that marathon, you also got to put in the effort. And one of the biggest pieces of effort is the training, the training that went into it. But I want to share with you just from my book, Happiness is a Marathon, a little bit about uh, grit. Now, one of the things I shared earlier, grit is the number one predictor of success. And this is true in academics, athletics, relationships, businesses, sales, and even overcoming illness. You think a lot, a lot of times I think so many people give up too soon. When things get a little bit tough, they give up. Grit keeps going. You see, grit is when life knocks you down, you get back up. Now, one of the things we talk about grit is how you look at failure. Now, personally, I don't believe in failure. And I'll talk a little bit about this in another marathon. And actually, it's coming up. A marathon I did not finish. Oh, I got a story for you. But what I believe is we can't fail. We can only learn and grow. We can only learn and grow. You see, grit is what allows you to push forward and to achieve victory. You learn from your, in quotation marks, defeats. In quotation marks, your, your failures. Knocked down, but never knocked out. And what happens is when you develop an attitude of grit, it increases your level of happiness. Because when you stick to a task and complete it, what happens is it releases endorphins. Now, I learned this. Now, this is one way to build grit. And this is a great strategy. And this was by an uh, admiral. And I think the, actually the name of the book is Make Your Bed. And he was in charge of the actual SEAL team. And when I think of grit, I think of the SEAL team. You know, talk about people that overcome and talk about people that stick with it. And he was addressing the University of Texas. He's going to commission commencement speech. And he said the number one thing you can do, the first thing you do in the morning is make your bed. Make your bed. Because what happens is you start the day off successful. You start the day off by completing a task. And then at the end of the day, when you get ready to go to bed, you see that you've accomplished something. So one of the things you can do, a very simple thing, is every day 
make your bed. And I have a confession. I did not make my bed today. So as much, so this is as much for you as for me. Make your bed. Try it. If you don't already, make your bed. It will. It's a simple thing that will make all the difference. Now, here's an interesting thing. So he was part of the team, the Persian Gulf War, that actually uh, captured Saddam Hussein. And Saddam Hussein he was placed in a temporary uh, prison before he was turned back over and ultimately executed. But what he said was Saddam Hussein never made his bed. Isn't that interesting? But I want to share with you, talking about this Rome Marathon, three ways to build grit. We already talked about some of these, but I want to give this to you. Number one is one step. You see, when I relearned how to walk, my goal was to take one step. And the way that you accomplish anything in life is one step at a time. You see, if I would have looked at my very first marathon, that marathon in Rome, when I hit that wall and I would have thought to myself, man, I got like, what, 16 miles and that's like 20, over 10 miles left, I, I probably would have given up. But what I did was I broke down that huge task. I broke it down to one simple thing to take action. So when it comes to building grit, you ask yourself, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Then you do that that one thing, then you go on to the next thing. It's called chunking, breaking down big tasks, big goals into simple action steps, one step at a time. And I thought to myself, okay, what's the next monument we're going to see? You know, what what next statue? I saw so many different statues. I didn't even know what they were. But then plus we, we ran through neighborhoods. And to see these different neighborhoods and the, the mixture of the old Rome with the modern Rome. I mean, it was just, it was just such an, a great experience. And to say, and just to be in that moment. Amazing. So building grit, one step. A second thing, and this is very powerful, we call it an action loop. And an action loop is when you have things that are open in your life, unfinished tasks, it actually increases more stress. It makes you less likely to take action because you get overwhelmed. For example, dirty dishes, unanswered emails, a dirty garage, a need to put gas in the tank. And so one of the things that we want to do is think about the things in your life that you have open. And when you're able to close these action loops, kind of like you think about the to-do list, what happens is it decreases the stress. It gives you more energy to have grit because the thing is, you see, if you have low energy levels, it's hard to stay, persevere. It's hard to have grit. You know, one of the things we have in the marathons, we, we, we a lot of times wear a fuel belt. And a fuel belt will have Powerade, also have different supplements. One thing, the marathons, they think it's called goos. And they're goos, like this little, it's kind of, they're actually kind of gross. But like my sixth, I think by my fifth marathon, I had a hard time swallowing them anymore. But basically what there is, this little energy in packet. And that's why they have these um, water stations. And the water station have like bananas, they'll have like uh, Powerade, they'll have different snacks to keep you energized. Well, one way that you energize yourself in life is you close the loops. So you think of your, think about it. What loops do you have open? See, psychologically, you see, we, what uncovers that the more loops you have open, the greater stress in your life. And, the, and anytime you can close a loop, lessen the stress is going to increase your amount of energy. So one way to increase grit is to think of the open loops. So third way I give to you 
and increasing grit is something I call the action cycle. The action cycle is this. It consists of three things. You take action. Number two, you get feedback. And number three, you make adjustments. You see, the most important thing in life to achieve your goals, to complete a marathon, to being successful, you got to take action. And the reality is sometimes you take action and you get less than desirable results. But let's not look at it that way. Let's look at it as feedback. You can't fail. You can only learn and grow. And if you don't like the feed, you don't like the feedback you're getting, you make adjustments. So three ways to build grit. First, one step at a time. Second, what loops in your life can you close? And thirdly, remember the action cycle. Take action, get feedback, and make the necessary adjustments. Now, once again, research shows that success builds upon success. So when you take these little steps, I took one step and then I made it to, you know, mile or kilometer, whatever it was. I don't know, kilometer 20. It's like, okay, now I'm going to 21. One step at a time. Success builds on success. And I'll never forget coming down the final stretch, the Rome Marathon. You see the greatest thing. And this is probably one of, if not the greatest final stretches of any marathon. Before you cross the finish line, you go three-fourths around the Roman Colosseum. Wow. Talk about inspiration. Talk about motivation. And I saw that Colosseum, and I had done it. I hit that wall, but I kept going. I had that grit one step at a time. And here I was. I was so close. And there was the Roman Colosseum. So I made sure on my iPod, I put on Eye of the Tiger. I mean, I felt like Rocky Balboa, a gladiator, all rolled up into one. I mean, I was feeling good. I was on top of the world. And I ran around that Colosseum. And I was feeling like this warrior of old. And there was the finish line. And I'm looking down the finish line. And I can taste it. I can see it. And then life. Life has a way to keep us humble. (laughs) Oh, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And life said, I'm going to keep you in check. I look down and in front of me, I see these two elderly men. (laughs) They're in front of me and they're wearing fanny packs and they're walking. Oh my goodness. My ego is not my amigo. (laughs) And then I have a new thought. No matter what it takes, I'm going to beat those senior citizens. (laughs) And I don't know if you remember back in the day, I grew up Carl Lewis. He's one of the fastest sprinters in like the 80s. And I was like, I put everything. I ran as fast as I ever could because I was going to beat those senior citizens. And I ran past them. (laughs) And I ran across that finish line. Victory. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing experience. Here I was, I completed that marathon, and you know, I didn't know if I was going to make it at times. You see, my very first one, San Diego Rock and Roll, I did with a team in training. This one was all by myself, all by myself. And then people I didn't know, you know, a lot of them didn't speak English, and I, I think I was one of the very few Americans. And I didn't meet any other Americans, you know, or spoke English until my plane ride back with that girl I shared with you. But I want to close this out with something Winston Churchill said. Now, a lot of times, Winston Churchill, we think he said, never, never give up. And actually, this is what he said during World War II. He said, never, never, never give in. Don't give in to your doubts, 
your fears, or your limiting beliefs. Don't succumb to your personal weaknesses, challenges, or setbacks. Don't let the Dr. Dooms, the dream busters, or the energy vampires hold you from achieving your dream. Hold fast to your vision. Hold fast to your dreams. Hold fast to your goals. And through grit, one step at a time, you'll reach it. Grit. Powerful predictor of success. And through grit, through taking one step at a time, you can cross the finish lines in your life. And I'll see you at the finish line. Victory!